from the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, before we jump into this episode, I just want to say a huge thank you for all of your support over the last few months. As you know, this podcast was an idea that I came up with whilst I had COVID at the end of last year, but the feedback from the listeners has been absolutely amazing. I love all the messages I received through LinkedIn, through email directly, and even the verbal feedback that some of my fellow colleagues have been giving me as well. So really want to thank you for all of your support, which brings me on to some great news. I was super chuffed when I got to hear that this show has been nominated for the Creative Industry Awards and specifically in the category of Best Content Creator. Now, none of that would be possible without the amazing guests that I get onto the show. I'm purely a facilitator of conversation. So most of the credit has to go to the great insights that people bring to this podcast. So in return, I have a huge favor to ask from you. If you could please cast your votes for me following the link in the description on whichever platform you're listening or watching this podcast episode on, that would be hugely appreciated. I have no expectation of winning any award. However, it would be great to be able to ramp up some support and votes close on midnight on the 28th of August. So please do get in your votes before then. So if you click on the link, scroll down to the best content creator section and you'll see my name somewhere in the list. And then if you submit your vote, that would be much appreciated. And thank you once again for supporting the podcast. Now let's jump into the episode. Hey folks, thank you for joining us once again for the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host, Paddy Danda, and in this episode, I have an awesome guest, Sonam Sharma, who's a well-renowned actor. I called her actress just before the show, and wasn't quite sure what is the politically correct term, is it actor or actress? But she's told me I can use either, so hopefully I'm not in deep water. But in this show, what I'd love to explore is just the breadth of acting as a profession, because... If someone like me who's not very educated with acting, I predominantly think of people who play roles in films or plays, but I very rarely consider the wider aspects of acting, the whole team behind those actors, the whole team behind those productions. And what I'm really keen to understand in this episode from Sonam is in her experiences of having done lots of these varied roles within this field to give us a bit more insight into well, what's involved and who might these types of professions be for? Because some of us at home are probably thinking, hey, I could do that or that sounds quite good. So I just want to lift the lid on acting as a profession and also look at some of those wide questions. So sort of welcome to the show. Thank you, Betty. Thank you so much. So good to talk to you as always, sort of. So for those that don't know you, can you just give us a little bit of background about you as an actor or actress in terms of some of the shows that you've performed in and if you've worked with any famous people? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So here it goes. I never thought I would be an actor till the time acting came to me. And that happened by work of fate, really. And that happened in the UK, actually. I was a design student happily studying, doing my own thing. And there was a shop that was being 
shot and I was just sort of sort of pulled into the show and I was like, yeah, I'll play one role and just stick around and all of that. But that's when I realized, oh, I'm actually enjoying this quite a bit. So I did a workshop. I got into the entire role of sort of knowing how to act and learning more, reading up more, things like that. But I still didn't think of myself as an actor because I was still trying to figure it out because I was like, I'm doing this. Is it even okay to think of something else, you know, whilst I work as a designer, perhaps, you know, and, and I was like, is it even okay? Is it even right that I should be doing this? And I was like, yes, it is. Because this is something, this is something that's kind of, it's making you happy. So if, if there's anything that makes you happy, I don't think you need to second guess that. And that's exactly what I've been told. You know, my parents have always told me, whatever makes you happy, do more of what makes you happy. So find your calling and then keep doing that. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's try it. So I did. And then I came back to India and I was roped into one of these groups and plays here. And it's perhaps the last and largest surviving English theatre groups in India called Yaftrik, which I became a part of. I started off as a marketing person with them and then they realized that she does act as well. So I got roles on stage. I did a lot of things with them. Shakespeare to some Indian playwrights to a lot of new sort of breed playwrights as well who were trying to make a name on stage as well. And then slowly and steadily kind of took, you know, took off to camera. And I happened to work with a very interesting person, somebody I kind of look up to, Zoya Akhtar, who is well known in India, Excel Entertainment. So I worked with her for Made in Heaven, which is an Amazon Prime series. I did a lot of short films. I did one with Tish School, New York. The entire crew flew over to India from Singapore. So they got their entire footprint from Singapore and then they shot in India and like mountains. And we did like a very interesting shoot, like a very surreal horror kind of a, a story that we shot up there. A lot of interesting things. And if you look uh, me up on IMDb, you'll see a lot of things that I'm kind of associated with even now. And most of the films and projects have been international. Most of them had have had somebody famous uh, attached to them. So there's a web series that we did in India, which also became quite popular. Now that I'm working with various dimensions of the film industry, you know, it's just adding more fuel and kind of more sort of ammunition to my arsenal, really, in terms of films, because, you know, there's a whole new side of production that I got to explore apart from acting as well. Then I realized that, you know, it's acting is just a small part of the entire game and you can do so much more with acting as well. And so you it happens to be my first love and it will always stay that way because once you put me on stage or you put a camera on me, I'm a different person. And I really enjoy that because I like to change characters and look different, feel different, talk for a different person. And but then I realized you can do anything at any age. So when you ask me that question that how did it occur to me that I wanted to become an actor? It didn't. It just happened. And because it happened, I kind of went with it. I was sort of divinely guided to kind of move along with it. And I was like, okay, let's do it in bits and pieces. We'll see where it goes. We'll see how it goes. And it went well. And I, before I knew it, I was getting offers to act for them. I was getting paid for stuff that I was doing. And I never expected that, very honestly, because I always had a job. I always had another career. I always had something that I kind of could fall back on. But then because I was... So detached from the entire desperation of being an actor. I just wanted to do it for the fun and the love of it. And it kept flowing to me. All these roles kind of kept flowing to me. And not only acting, people understood that I was sort of a multifaceted person. So they 
said, oh, you're an actor. Okay, fine. We'll put you in a role. But I think you can add a lot of value to the brand of the film as well. You could do a lot of the marketing stuff as well. You could do some social media with us as well. You could help us with production. You could help us with casting. You could help us with even writing scripts for that matter. And then it just became love. <laughs> wow, Sarum, I didn't realize. So you said you were in Made in Heaven. And I, I was just thinking for, for a moment, I'm sure I've seen a series called Made in Heaven. And yeah. I was Googling it just as you were talking there. I, have, I had a tiny role, but most of it was sort of edited, but it was an important one. Nonetheless, it was uh, the the um, PR for the main lead, the guy, Tarfalad, while PR was in, in the first season. There was another web series, the Scoop Book, the very famous channel called Baked. I, I did a small role there as well. But I've done small roles here and then, pretty decent sort of well known productions. But I wouldn't say I worked with a particular celebrity yet or in Bollywood because that's never been my aim. My aim was never to be a Bollywood star. In fact, my mentor in theatre is a very well-known person and uh, Mr. Abhijit Dutt and he's a very well-known actor in Bollywood. Also in Bollywood, he's worked for Richard Gere and the likes. But I've never really, for me, stardom is not acting with stars. For me, it's always about the craft of acting. It was always about being known as an actor first. And then, you know, then you attach the sort of celebrity sort of status to it. So I remember sitting next to Kate Blanchett in this, at, at this um, summit called Women in the World, where I was one of the 20 handpicked women from India who was, uh, you know, sort of honored for her work with performance arts, using women empowerment. So basically stories that empowered women. So a lot of the characters that I played were about strong women coming out of very adverse situations or very hard-hitting roles. For example, the Nirbhaya rape scene that had happened in India, which was a huge thing world over, you know, changing that story to kind of making women stronger when it comes to voicing their concerns and obviously their stories. So a lot of the times I, I played very bold and very strong women roles, like women-centric roles, and that got me noticed internationally. And then when the women in the world happened, they obviously had my name going in the list and the person sitting next to me I had all of these Bollywood stars all over the place but the one person that I was actually starstruck to see was Kate Blanchett because she was so humble she was so sweet like I was sitting next to her her manager and herself they started talking to me and not about acting about the most randomest things in the world you know she's asking me about what kind of tea do they offer here at that sort of venue what what is more to see in Delhi and things like that and she was very very uh, kind and very nice, you know, and I, and I realized not what makes a person is not what you see of them on screen. It's who they are that translates on, on screen, you know. So that generosity, that aura, that kind of was, that she was emanating in that hall, everyone could feel it. It was so palpable. And there were tons of other celebrities, but the entire media was talking to her. Everybody was going to her and she had that warmth to give away. So I think it also, I think acting also teaches, if you're doing it right, it will also teach you how to stay grounded and, you know, have a firm head over your shoulders because of the characters that you play, because of the, the importance that you attach to your craft, because of the fact that you don't let power and, and, and fame get to your head, or at least try to not, not let it affect you in, in a bad way, basically. So I think, yeah, so for me, acting has a very different definition altogether. It's, it's, it's never been stardom. It's never been that. But it's always been about expression. It's always been about expressing myself and being known as an actor. 
that's what matters. So if people like it, automatically you, you will be known. So I think whatever little work that I've done, it's, it's earned me a decent name and people know of me. At least they know that I, I deliver. I, I can't give a good performance, so I do still get like considered roles. The good thing is now I don't have to stand in queues for auditions and I have the power and the authority to say no because I'm also an entrepreneur. I'm also doing production work. I'm also, you know, sort of dipping my toes in the distribution scene when it comes to film. So I have that kind of, that, that sort of leverage of saying no to things that I don't want to do. And, you know, I, just, I don't have to please people any that's that's what it is i still do plays i still rehearse plays online i still do a lot of shoots at the motley the good thing is that staying in india i've predominantly been working internationally even during covid i've been doing shoots internationally from india and i think that's kind of put me on the map globally more so i'm not i never call myself an indian actor i always say an international actor i'm so I live out of a suitcase. So you tell me, okay, so tomorrow we're shooting. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. You know, the travel makes it interesting, you know. So sometimes it's just that, you know, that identity that you kind of attach yourself to. Whenever I've thought of actors, I always think of these people as being very confident and very extrovert. So if someone who's listening to this feels more introverted, uh, they have a slight shyness about them, then would you say acting is not the right career to go down? Or would you say there is still some value in pursuing that type of profession? It is the career to go down for somebody who's introverted. I'll tell you why. A lot of the times we are shy because we, do, we, we have the fear of being judged, right? Um, as an actor, at least I face that myself. And you'll be surprised how acting happened to me. I was actually told at a therapy session when I was being treated for something which was uh, slightly more deep-rooted mental health-wise. And I was told to do acting as therapy because it's so therapeutic. It's so expressive. You, you become another person. So you disengage with your own identity. You become another person. You creep under the skin of another character. And then when you live that character out on stage or in front of the camera, it's a different ballgame because essentially you have purged a lot of your negativity or emotions or whatever it is in the form of expression and creative expression through that character. So doctors suggest therapy for introverts, for people who have who are struggling with a lot of mental health issues with lack of expression because it just gives them another channel. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a trick. It's a bit of an NLP trick because you're not yourself. I could be playing a paddy and I could be expressing myself as Sonam extremely well. But I am not Sonam at, at that point. I'm not Sonam. So it makes a, it's a huge, uh, it's a very big canvas, you know. So you just need to know how to play around with it. And I suggest it for anyone who is shy because what, what it will do is it will not only build that confidence in you, it will also help you understand yourself better. It will shine the light on those emotions sitting so deep inside of you that you know exactly how to be vulnerable, who to be vulnerable with, who to talk to, who to say what to. You know, there's a whole gamut of sort of things that we tend to suppress and impress upon our subconscious, but acting sort of brings that to light. And it can be a painful process. I'm not saying it's the most easiest process in the world. It's not, because I remember going into characters and not being able to step out of it, you know, not being able to cut off from my character because it was so heavy. You know, playing a rape victim, a gang rape victim in a Frank Graham script. And then I was not able to cut out of it. And I was crying and I was like doing this and that. And I was like, no, get out. You know, this is what you were on stage. 
come out of it immediately. But it felt so nice because this, immediately you realize this, you've emotionally vomited. You know, there's that, <laughs> that's something that's come out of you that was dying to kind of reach out to people. So, yeah, excuse my unparliamentary sort of language here, but it's, it's true. It does help a lot if you take it in the right spirit. And you need to have a good coach, like a really good coach or somebody that you can train with, a mentor, a coach. I've had a lot of them in, in, my, in my journey, really. But I tend to also observe people on set. So I observe the light man, the, the person who is doing the camera work, the person who's setting up the stage, the person setting up lighting, even those small, small things that are being done on set. You learn so much. So it's just about being aware and staying sort of self-aware also. So it's, it's a nice amalgamation of a whole lot of things that the entire team brings in when it comes to acting. The fact that you're in front of the camera, you're already in a powerful position. So once you know that, once you're aware of that, you can yeah, move mountains with your craft. Oh, wow. I think I need to emotionally vomit. <laughs> and actually, just even the journey of this podcast for me has been, I can't compare it to acting because I've never been in that particular profession. But I think even podcasting, what it allows me to do is... I have to listen to my own voice. Like exactly. there's, no, there's no getting away from that because I don't have a big team behind me. It's like me, right? I take the episode, I will then edit it, but I'm having to listen to my own voice. And it's so cringeworthy sometimes because none of us like the sound of our own voice. Right? <laughs> like I, I don't know a single person who likes the sound of their own voice. Maybe a singer might. I don't know. I've never interviewed. No, they don't. No, they don't like. No, they don't. Yeah. Michael Jackson had probably never liked his own voice either, right? So it's like one of those things. But what it gets you to do is really reflect because you're having to analyze yourself. You're having to analyze the questions you're asking, the responses, the emotion, even the facial expressions. You know, there's so much just within podcasting itself. So I can not even imagine going through the process of acting and playing a whole different character and how exhilarating that must be. So I really value your insights on that because that definitely resonates with me. One of the other questions I had was, I'm guessing as actors, you've got to nail your lines. And I'm terrible at learning lines, even for like big presentations and talks. And I always go off script because I just can never remember all of the words. So what advice would you have for someone out there who would like to be better at remembering lines or just preparing for a performance? Write it down if it's, if it's hard to remember. So what I used to do initially when I had a tough time remembering lines, so some directors really want this off you. They want you to remember it to the T. Like you can't change, you can't ad lib, you can't do anything. So write it down. When you're writing, you're thinking, you're processing, you're also remembering, your subconscious kind of feeding on it. Another way of remembering lines is mnemonics. That works very well. So for example, sometimes if it's a shorter, say a real script or a one minute script or a two minute script, and I kind of divide it into units. And then the, the letter that kind of starts, the, you know, the, every unit starts with a particular letter. And then I make a word out of it. So I remember, okay, M-O-J-T-L. This is what I'm going to speak about. My name is Sonam J, whatever. I'm just giving an example. So, mnemonics work. What else? And I think rereading, like reading the script over and over again is also a great way of learning because it, again, it depends on what is demanded of you. So for example, in theater, we rehearse so many times that it becomes second skin. 
after a while you put out uh, you put away your scripts and it's, it's just with you because you remember the response of your co-actor and you remember exactly what you're going to say it, it may change a little bit here and there but that's okay that's that's absolutely okay where the the tasks that really require you to remember lines as they are that's where you need to put in a little more hard work so perhaps write them down or you know try the mnemonics method or just remember it you know like go over it again and again and again it's not it's not difficult once you get like into the process of you know learning lines it becomes easy it does because when you are also reading right as an actor you're reading but you're also you're also sh- shining a certain emotion whilst you're reading so if i'm reading a script i'm also remembering it and it's kind of programmed also with my emotion and the feeling that i generate whilst i'm reading it so that helps as opposed to just a dry read when you're emoting and reading it it helps you remember better great advice there and how many times would you say you have to practice something before it does stick? Is there like a magic number? It's variable for different people. So it's funny story. I'm dyslexic, and for someone who's um, highly dyslexic, I mean, I found I found out when I was in, in uni in, in the UK, and I used to get extra time to prepare for all my exams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I was always a scholarship student because I used to put an extra effort to prove myself, and I didn't even know that I had dyslexia. So what I do now with acting is. I use it as a challenge and I think of it like, okay, I have to remember, say, 30 pages script. Okay, 30 pages script. So I'm going to start today, but I'm going to give myself exactly, say, 15 days. I'm going to read it twice a day, once in the morning, once at night before I go to bed. I'm going to couple it up with a couple of bricks. I use these techniques to remember my lines better and then see how it goes from 15th day onward and see how far I've come. So that kind of helps. You put yourself on a target, you put yourself on a deadline, you will reach somewhere. If not completely, it'll, it'll take you someplace where you will feel satisfied and content with what you've achieved. We've talked quite a bit about acting. And to finish off on this segment, could you tell us a little bit about some of those other roles that are complementary to actors? So we talked a little bit about there's a whole team behind you. So what are some of those other roles that are quite interesting? And if you could just give us some insights on those. So very interesting because I had no idea that it could open up so many doors once you start acting or just get involved with the world of entertainment. For someone like me, and I'm a woman who lives in a third world country, so to speak, well, we're still in it developing. But, you know, there, I didn't know that so many possibilities existed because we've changed. And if you look at it from a bird's eye perspective as well, again, Globally, that kind of, it's changed, you know, the narrative around anyone doing one thing has changed, right? So when I talk about films and when I talk about entertainment or theater, there's so much more to it than meets the eye. So right now, for example, I got interested in writing. So as a copywriter from an advertising background, you can, you know, you can do a decent job writing a script. So I became a script doctor. From a script doctor, I thought of certain stories that kind of reflect me as a person. I was like, okay, so now how about if you were to write about your story, how would you do that? So I thought about a book. Then I thought about a podcast. Then I thought about, oh, okay, let's make this into a script. And then I did. And then it, when, when it sort of translates into a film, you realize, oh, wow, well, that just happened out of the blue. And I, I hold so much power within me. Let's do this again. Then you get into direction. Then you try to explore another mode of acting or the world of acting or films. Then I get into direction or, or production or they, now I'm trying to understand the ropes of the business of acting because enough of the creative side, I think I know enough around the creative end of, of films, etc. But I wanted to understand how marketing or branding 
oh, how does distribution work internationally? So, for example, if I were to explore a, explore a completely different market in a different country, how do I reach out to the right people and how do I make my content or my country's content or the content that I'm working with known and seen in a different part of the world, you know? So that's something that really interests me and excites me. Also, distribution has come in, you know, and and now where I'm kind of reading up, studying, talking to different types of people. And they say distribution is not really meant for women, but, you know, I want to, again, break that stereotype. I want to see why isn't it, like they say that for real estate in India as well, but I don't understand why. And why can't you do it? Because, you know, everyone can do everything really if they want to. So I, I decided to sort of take a leap of faith and jump into these various other things that I could perhaps do. So production being one of them, writing. And I think everyone must do that, even as an actor or somebody who wants to become an actor. You don't have to always go the traditional route of acting. You don't always have to audition. You can be a costume person. You can help people with production. You can be an AD, you know, like an assistant director to a good director. You can work as a lighting camera assistant person. You can work in so many different sort of departments within the industry, you know, itself that that will kind of help you find your way somehow. It will. And the right people do get noticed. And I've seen that always, always work. So if, if you have the talent, you will get noticed come what may. Wow. So. That means there is still time for me to break into the film industry. Yeah, absolutely. You have a podcast running for you. You you have your own show. So imagine you can direct an entire film and then cast me. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, we'll do like just two actors in a film. <laughs> yeah, that could be like Duel, right? I was, I was listening to an interview with Steven Spielberg, but like Duel, that iconic film where yeah. you know, he's he's got this actor who's been chased by a guy in a lorry. It's literally the two yeah. people throughout the whole yeah. film, right? And uh, there, are lots of, there are lots of films like that. Lots yeah. of them, just two characters and... It's so interesting. It keeps you hoped. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You just need a good script. Hey, you're like, what did you call yourself? A script guru or script doctor? doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sorted on that one. And yeah. I'm sure I could bring something to the table. I'm sure. Sort of, thank you so much. And I'd like us to leave on a really positive note. So what bit of advice would you give your younger self? And I know you're not very old, so it's not like, you know, we're talking years, years ago, but like if you had to start all over again. Right. What, one big lesson have you learned over the years that you would say, I wish I had done that? I actually don't have anything. <laughs> that, that may sound strange, but I, I think whatever experiences you have as a person is what shapes you, right? So if I were to change or undo anything in the past, I wouldn't be this person today. So I, I don't think I have anything that I would want to change, perhaps. Advice to... Younger me, uh, be more expressive. That's where acting happens. That's where theater happens. That's where art happens. So, yeah. But if it had come earlier, it would have been, uh, it would have been better. Uh, so more expressive just in general in life or specifically when you were acting? In general. In general. Because then what happens is you start using all of these other activities as crutches. So if, if you can do that without it, nothing like it. As a person, as a, it, it just makes you a, a holistic being, you know, it, it, you don't have to depend on different things then. Oh, no, I love that. The fact that every experience we have is there for a reason and we learn from every experience. So actually looking back, 
not want to do things any differently because you have to go through those experiences to help shape how you end up anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. Because otherwise you, I wouldn't be this person, right? I wouldn't know any better anyway. So, so this it. is who I am. Yeah. Got it. So finally, Sonam, any exciting projects you've got on the horizon? Anything that we should know about so we can look out for? Yep. So there is this, uh, a very interesting film that's happening. It's going, it's going to be a massive project. It's an Indo-American, as they call it. It's a transcultural project. So a lot of these American actors are going to be traveling to India. And then a lot of the shoot is going to be happening in Germany as well as in LA. Obviously, I'm looking after marketing, promotions, branding of the film. But it's also, it's also you know, there's some acting with perhaps some work there as well. But very interesting cast. Slowly, I, I will reveal in your momentum as well. It's called The Lost Ship. It's going to be a 3D feature. It is written by somebody from a very small town in India, but a very strong person who's been carrying this dream all along of like making a, an international film with an international cast. And so that's eventually now happening. So the first like a, a shoot sort of starts in November and then it kind of continues to 2023. Actors will be flown down to India. It will be a lot of fun because I'm going to meet them all on set and there are some interesting names attached as well. So, yeah, and a lot of other projects are taking place, but, uh, you know, all, oh, I should reveal more as, as I get more information. So they're all in sort of a strategy place right now or just in the pre-launch stages where we're not supposed to speak too much about it. But The Lost Ship is looking very exciting. It's looking very interesting for now. It's a very interesting story. It's fiction, but it talks about when Subhash Chandra Bose met Hitler and how things evolved from there to the present day scenario and also taking elements from the Ukraine-Russia war. It's, again, I don't want to give away too much, but it's fiction. So remember that. <laughs> That sounds really creative. So yeah, I'll definitely be having a look out for that. I'll check out your LinkedIn. We've just started promoting it now. So we'll get into the whole pre-production branding marketing stages as we go along. Oh, I forgot one more, one more thing. So in the UK, there is something called the Creative Industry Awards that I'm sort of a part of as well. So I'm one of their judges and they're going to have a lot of interesting people as well. So they're going to actually talk about and also award the creatives in the UK so they want to make it into a huge affair, almost like a mini Oscars for the creatives, including influencers, including content creators. Apparently, there haven't been many awards which have talked about people outside of the acting and film world. So they want to talk about those micro-influencers, the nano-influencers, people who are on Instagrams and TikToks of the world have been doing noteworthy work. Also, people on LinkedIn, content creators on different platforms, etc. So yeah, so that's something that is very exciting. And the reason why I have been a I've become part of it is because of my connection to the UK and I, that's where I started my creative journey. That's where I've studied. That's almost like the second home for me. So there is a possibility that I'm going to be coming and meeting you very soon. Hey, awesome. Definitely let me know when, if you have plans and yeah, for sure, we'll, uh, we'll definitely meet up and I'll show you, I'll show you the sites of Birmingham, not that you've never seen them before, but hey, I'll yeah. put my spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I told you the time just flown by. So really appreciate you sharing some of those insights and, and your journey. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I hope it resonates with somebody out there. And, you know, I just hope I've given that sort of dose of inspiration or some kind of motivation to people out there. It's all about following your heart and being happy, really. <laughs>